Welcome once again to a Pain in the Glass podcast. This is your host, Bill Shearhart, National Coach with Curling Canada, coming to you from the ancestral lands of the Kettle and Stony Point First Nations in Grand Bend, Ontario, Canada. A Pain in the Glass podcast is sponsored by Canada Curling Stone of Kamoka, Ontario. Continuing the theme that I started in the last two episodes of giving you something practical, I'm going to turn to drills. And to start with, let's talk about drills. Certainly, they're an integral part of most practices for most sports. I have definite views about drills, and uh, from an anecdotal perspective, uh, a drill is only as good as it can be applied to a game situation. And the reason I say that is so often, uh, as coaches, it's so easy to get caught up in a series of drills. And and they're all very good, uh, and, and they can certainly be used to augment the skills of the athletes. But if it can't be transferred to a game situation, I think that the drills definitely lose some impact. And and that's the first thing that I will say. If you're going to do a drill, if you're going to use a drill, don't do it just to fill up some time. The athletes are going to see through that pretty quickly. When they're doing a drill, they need to intuitively understand that the drill has a real impact on not just personal performance for the athlete, but of course for the entire team. Uh, Drills need to be fun. Uh, There's no question about it. When my university athletes and I got together one time after a practice, we we talked about drills. And at that time, there weren't very many in publication. And so I I called upon the athletes to come up with some drills. And and we really just started with a need. So it might have been weight control. And two of the athletes uh, would put their hand up and uh, say, yeah, okay, we'll come back for next practice with an idea for a drill. Not the entire drill, not right down to the last detail, just an ideal for a drill for, in this case, as I said, weight control. Well, next practice, they would present their idea, and then everybody would weigh in. Well, let's try it this way. Well, what if we did it like this? What if we added that? What if we changed this? And after a while, we came up with a weight control drill. And the important thing was, it was the athletes who gave the drill its name. And we did that for several practices in a row. And of course, we recorded all those drills. And in my coaching manual, A Pain in the Glass, A Coach's Companion, they came to be known as Drills to Die For. Uh, They were never intended to be the end-all and be-all of curling drills, but it certainly was a start for us. And the best part about it was that the athletes really enjoyed doing the drills because they were actually their drills. And, and drills should be measurable. And when you're going to measure the result of a drill, um, don't fall victim to, well, we, we, have, to, we have to do uh, you know, a personal best every time. That can be kind of defeating after a while. Much better if you keep track of the accomplishment, the empirical 
accomplishment, you know, a certain number of times you were successful or whatever the drill happened to be. And what you should be trying to do is beat your average. I mean, if it's a personal best or a team personal best, well, that's great. It's going to up the average, but it's much better to have as the goal to try to beat your average score of the drill. And again, your athletes will have all sorts of ideas for drills. And I strongly suggest that uh, you get them to weigh in as much as possible. There are two drills that I'm going to talk about today that don't appear in drills to die for. And they're ones that I have used for a, a number of years since then. The first one I actually learned at a junior camp in Rice Lake, Wisconsin. And the drill is called pickup sticks. I really love this drill for a variety of reasons, and you'll understand those reasons as I explain the drill. But maybe the best part is its transferability to game situations. So this is what pickup sticks looks like. Each of the members of the team take two rocks, one of each color. So assuming we've got yellow rocks and red rocks. So each member of the team gets a red rock and a yellow rock, and they crouch down with the rocks in front of them facing towards the button at the four corners, so to speak, of the, of the house. Not, not on the center line and T line, but at 45 degrees. Now, it, I mean, it could be on the T line and the center line, but I've always done it sort of northwest, southwest, northeast, southeast. And on the signal from the coach, they slide all eight stones towards one another towards the button. Now, you have to do this under some sort of sensible control because you don't want rocks bouncing all over the place, but just enough so that when the coach says, I usually relate to my, my hometown of Kitchener-Waterloo as I give the commands, eins, zwei, drei, spiel, which one, two, three, play, and the eight rocks go in towards the, the button and they start to bounce around. Now, here's where it gets interesting. One rock will be shot. It might be a yellow rock or it might be a red rock. The object of the drill, in order to get the point, so to speak, is to use a rock of the opposite color. So, in this case, if it was a red rock that happened to be in the shot position, the team will take a yellow rock, obviously, to the other end of the sheet. One person delivers, one person acts as a skip with two brushers. The object is to make that color, the color of the delivered rock, to be shot. Now, here's where it gets very interesting, because before the shot is attempted, you have to decide, well, how, how in one shot can we change the scenario from red being shot to yellow being shot? Oh, well, we could play, we could play this, or we could play this, or we could play this. And then when you determine which shot to play, that's the strategy, as we talked about in the previous episode. Now you want to decide how you're going to play the shot. 
So from a tactical perspective, uh, what ice will we take? What weight will we use? What's going to give us the best chance to make this shot, to go from red being shot to yellow being shot? Well, once the team weighs in with perhaps your suggestion from time to time, they decide on the shot and they attempt it. And uh, hopefully uh, it will all come together and they will make the shot. Now, depending upon the skill and experience of your team, you may determine, well, it 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 can be done very easily with this shot. But there's another way to do it. It's a little bit more difficult, but the rewards might be a little bit higher. So instead of using the easiest shot, let's play it this way, which is a little bit more difficult, but it's it's a little bit more commensurate with our team's skill and experience. And so you, you try it a, a different way. So it, it's as simple as that. Now, what I usually did was I had a rock uh, somewhere in the free guard zone, uh, somewhere, you know, touching the center line. And so as the rocks, uh, those eight stones that were pushed in towards the button, bounced around with one another, and they looked at the situation, they had to look, oh, are there any rocks out there in the free guard zone? Because if that rock wasn't there, we could play this shot, but the fact that there's a rock in the free guard zone, you know, it's going to prevent that, so we have to play it a different way. So you kind of get the idea. It's it's very transferable to a game situation. It's very realistic. The team really likes to play pickup sticks. And, of course, you rotate the person who's going to actually play the shot. So my friends from uh, the United States Curling Association, uh, especially in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, one of my favorite states, thank you very much for teaching me pickup sticks. The second drill, and this was, this was our own invention, is called All Hands on Deck. And it's the drill that I frequently use to end a practice session. You'll understand why it's something right at the end of the, of the session, because it's really important that the ice is right up to speed. And as I describe the drill, I think you'll understand why that's so important. So it's a very simple objective. Your team, using a complete set of rocks, either the reds or the yellows, the object is to deliver eight eight draws. Everybody will deliver two rocks so that all the rocks end up in a scoring position. All the rocks either have to be in the house or at least biting the 12 foot. So what kind of a drill is that, Bill? That doesn't sound very exciting. Oh, I left out something. The last rock, the eighth rock, must be delivered before the first rock comes to rest. So again, to repeat, the object for a team is to deliver all eight rocks of one color or the other so that the eight rocks end up in a scoring position in the house, so eight draws. But the last rock must be delivered, must be a legal shot, so it must have reached the T-line at the playing end before the first rock comes to rest. It it looks like a mad scramble when you first uh, attempt this drill, 
the teams really like it. Uh, you have to talk about how you're going to do it. Because as I said, there's, it's a bit of a panic situation. Because again, not to sound like a broken record, but the you can't shoot any more rocks once the first shot has come to rest. So there's an awful lot of teamwork involved. Now, it's a fun drill. There's no question about it. And the faster the ice surface, the better it is to do this drill. But there's, there's an interesting component here. You know, how does this transfer to a game situation? I mean, Bill, it's kind of ridiculous. Well, not so much. Because so often in a game situation, you, you perhaps are one of the brushers and you've just brushed from, you know, coast to coast, um, you know, pretty, you know, intense physical activity. And then it's your turn to shoot and you've got a very precise draw. So you have to physically and mentally calm down very quickly. Well, that's what you have to do in this drill, all hands on deck. And you'll be amazed at uh, how much better your team is, is able to accomplish this drill. And it's just flat out fun. It's, as I said, it's frequently the last drill that we, that we do in a practice. And they don't like to leave the ice surface until they're successful at this. So the drill is called All Hands on Deck. So there's two drills for you. Pick up sticks and all hands on deck. And as I have done for the previous episodes, I will describe these two drills in an article on my blog site, which again is truenorthbill.blogspot.com. That's truenorthbill.blogspot.com. Pick up sticks and all hands on deck. Speaking of my blog site, I'm going to reach into my blog site to an article that I wrote back in 2012. It's entitled, Because We've Always Done It That Way. This might be uncomfortable for some of you, because it's human nature that we like the familiar, almost to the point that we'd rather keep doing the same things in the same way even though our head tells us, A, it's not working well, B, there are other ways to accomplish the same task, and C, there is sports science which indicates that the likelihood of success doing it differently is actually pretty high. For some of you out there listening, the past may have been very frustrating to say the least. You have a team that's underachieving, and all members of the team know it. As a group, you're willing to do whatever is necessary to perform better, and that includes some out-of-season examination of the ways in which the team attempted to accomplish its tasks. If that's the case, I believe you're going to find this interesting and enlightening. Because we've always done it this way. This was a research project to show how easy it is to go along with doing things exactly the same way. The researcher started with a cage containing five monkeys. Inside the cage, he hung a banana on a string, 
and placed a set of stairs under it. Before long, a monkey went to the stairs and started to climb towards the banana. As soon as he touched the stairs, all the monkeys were sprayed with cold water. After a while, another monkey made his way to the stairs to get to the banana, and again, all the monkeys were sprayed with cold water. Pretty soon, no monkey tried to climb the stairs. The cold water was put away. One monkey of the original five was removed from the cage and replaced with a new one. Well, as you might guess, that new monkey saw the banana, saw the stairs, and wanted to climb up the stairs to get the banana. He attempted to do that, and to his surprise and horror, all of the other monkeys attacked him. He tried it again. Same thing. All the monkeys attacked him. He knew if he tried to climb the stairs, he would be assaulted. Then, another one of the original five monkeys was removed and replaced with a new one. As you might suspect, that newcomer went to the stairs and was attacked. The previous newcomer took part in the punishment with enthusiasm. Then, a third original monkey was removed with a new one in place, then a fourth, and then a fifth. And every time the newest monkey tried to go to the stairs to get the banana, that monkey was attacked. Most of the monkeys that were beating on him had absolutely no idea why they were not permitted to climb the stairs or why they were participating in the beating of the newest monkey. After replacing all the original monkeys, none of the remaining monkeys have ever been sprayed with cold water. Nevertheless, no monkey ever again approached the stairs to try for the banana. Why not? Because as far as they knew, that's the way it's always been done around here. Well, what you have just heard was, as I said, an experiment that has been replicated on many occasions. And the lesson is clear and jumps off the, the page, especially the last line. That's the way we've always done it around here. In my professional careers of educator and coach, thankfully, in large measure, I've been blessed with being around people who don't think this way. People who know me well avoid, as a reason to persist with anything when questioned about it by me, we've always done it this way. Make no mistake, the tried-and-true methods of yesteryear may indeed still be the best way to accomplish a task. I recognize that. My point is the unwillingness or the out-note defiance to even explore other, perhaps much better ways of accomplishing the task. At High Performance Camp, we make statements like, if you want something you've never had before, you'd better be prepared to do some things you've never done before. And if you do what you've always done, chances are you're going to get what you always got. And if you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. And of course, the classic definition of insanity, doing things the same way, but expecting different results. These statements are not originals, and I don't want to take credit for any of them. 
Henry Ford penned one and Albert Einstein the other. Curling teams that perform well on a consistent basis are open to new ideas. Are you a team or just a bunch of monkeys? Thank you once again for joining me behind a pane in the glass. I want to talk a little bit about next week's episode, and I, I don't always do this, but in the episode on the cash bond spiel, I included a sound bite, a sound bite by a very young professional golfer who uh, won the second uh, championship tournament of three in the PGA playoffs uh, for the FedEx Cup, and that golfer is Victor Hovland. And I hope that you listened to that, uh, that episode. I hope you found the soundbite uh, interesting for a variety of reasons. Well, I have breaking news. That young man finished it off winning the final tournament uh, at uh, Eastlake Golf Club just outside Atlanta, or very close to Atlanta, to win the FedEx Cup and the PGA Tour Championship. And the $18 million that goes with it, coupled with the $2 million plus that he won at the BMW Classic, it was $20 million over the course of uh, two weeks. Pretty impressive, but much more impressive is what this young man has to say. And that's going to be the next episode. So until then, stay safe. And of course, think only those happy thoughts.